believe in change and I believe in change, change, change. And if you don't change, you're going to get run over. Welcome to a brand new episode of Off Record, where we interview high achieving people from Ashton Kutcher to the co-founder of Netflix about their secrets to success. Before we get started, I wanted to share with you a new project I'm working on called First Text. But first, a story. When I was 19 years old studying computer science at the University of Illinois, I was working on a side project. I decided to tweet one day about that side project and ended up getting help, funding, and mentorship from a serial entrepreneur and investor, Keith Raboy. If it weren't for that tweet, I would be in a much different place. Now, I would like to return the favor, but this time over text message. If you are ambitious, technical, and tinkering, text me, 650-505-9984. Text me what you are working on and why, and or what non-traditional things you were doing growing up. Every month, we will pick 10 people and intro them to incredible mentors from the likes of Mark Randolph, the founder of Netflix, Sean Rad, the founder of Tinder, Naval Ravikant, the founder of AngelList, Kevin Hartz, the founder of Eventbrite, Steve Huffman, the founder of Reddit, Lucy Guo, the founder of Scale AI, Beth Turner, who's an investor at SV Angel, Jawad Karim, the founder of YouTube, Max Hodak, who co-founded Neuralink with Elon Musk, and many more. To learn more, go to firsttext.com or text me 650-505-9984. This week, I speak to Tillman Fertitta, a self-made billionaire, owner of the Houston Rockets, chairman of Landry's, a hospitality and entertainment empire encompassing over 600 restaurants, various casinos, and even amusement parks. Tillman has a brand new book out called Shut Up and Listen. In this week's episode, we talk about his upbringing, where he got his earliest business lessons, what it feels like to be on the Forbes 400 list of richest people on the planet, and the importance of adapting to new technological cycles in business. Thank you so much for joining on the show today. Hey, it's exciting. Uh, always good to talk to a fellow Houstonian. Awesome. Well, you have this new book coming out, Shut Up and Listen. Why write this book now? You know, it's kind of interesting. I always thought about writing a book, but I said, I want to do it when I'm a little older, when I'm not doing deals, because I'll make it more of a tell-all. But Harper Collins contacted me and said, we'd like you to write a business management book. And we want it to be not a life story, but more of how you did it. And we picked up in all your articles, all your Tillmanisms, know your numbers. There are no spare customers. Take no out of your vocabulary. The 95-5 rule, be plappy. And so, you know, we sat down and they wrote me out a nice check. And it was kind of exciting that a New York publisher would want to do this. And it's a really good book. We put a lot of effort into it like we do anything around here. And I think it's great for entrepreneurs and great for anybody. It's more of a lifestyle book. This is the best way to do it. That's wonderful. It's great to hear. And I want to go back to Tillman in high school and in college. What were you like? You know, I surely couldn't make an A in English, even if I tried. So uh, more better history and numbers, math, what I was good at. Normal guy, you know, I would like to say I was a leader. I had a teacher once, though, tell me, we can tell you're a leader, Mr. Petita. We just need you to lead in the right direction, though. So (laughs) play football. I'd like to think that I was in the right groups. (laughs) Not that that matters anymore, but everything goes. But, you know, a lot of fun in high school, I think it's 
it's your best years of your life as high school. I really do think that. And today, you're on the Forbes list. You've built billion-dollar businesses. You own the Rockets. But I'm curious, in your 20s or in college, what were your unresolved questions that made you worry at the time? Well, first off, I was always very competitive and always wanted to be successful. And even when I was in my 20s, I knew that I had an entrepreneurial brain, even in high school and college is that I knew that what I wanted to do. And so, you know, I had the passion. I just always had that theory of, you know, you do whatever it takes to get from point A to point B. So, you know, I think my drive had a lot to do with it. I, I believe that God gives you gifts and I can't play an instrument. I can't draw. I can't do lots of things, but he gave me a great business mind. And so I seized the opportunity. And what were some of the things that you wish you had started doing or done more of much earlier in your life, like specifically actions and activities with compounding effects? You know, I think I basically did what I wanted to do. I don't know that there's anything that I didn't do. Hell, I was trading stocks in high school. I mean, so I knew that I had a brain for business and I knew what I didn't have a brain for. <laughs> and like I said, you know, started kind of doing what I do even back then. What are some of your favorite Tillmanisms that you want to be more popular? Oh, I think you know, the ones I kind of threw at you, the 95-5 rule, know your numbers, you know, when things are really good, we think they're never going to be bad. When things are really bad, we forget that they're ever going to be good again. You know, be plappy, you know, I don't care if your dog bit you that morning or you're fighting with your girlfriend, you know, go to work and play happy. Know your numbers, you know, look for the 5% that's wrong because 95% of everything is right and you pay attention to the details, you know, on and on and on. And from getting started decades ago, I imagine you've had to evolve and evolve and evolve. What's that been like? You know, when you started this business, the world was a very different place than it is today. How have you gone to just like continue to grow? Well, you got to believe in change. And I believe in change, change, change. And if you don't change, you're going to get run over. And no different than, you know, doing this right now. If somebody would have said five years ago, you're going to do a podcast, you would have said what? And a podcast is, uh, this is the mainstream today. Social media is the mainstream, not television. And the world is changing and what people watch and do, and you better change with it or you're going to get left behind. And although I'm from Houston, Texas, I live in San Francisco, and a lot of people in Silicon Valley will be listening to this. How has technology impacted your business? And, and what do you want to see out of Silicon Valley that you haven't seen yet? Gosh, I think they're staying ahead of us. Uh, from an analysis standpoint, and one of the things that if somebody said, why have you been successful in your company? And I would say because of analysis and we always know where we are. Well, what made that possible is the great technology that we can be anywhere. I could be sitting there talking to somebody that's having dinner in San Francisco and look on my phone and say, you know, the service is really slow tonight in this restaurant. I would look at my phone and see that what my hourly payroll or is in that restaurant currently and say, you know what, we're running too good of hourly payroll. That means we don't have enough help there. But it's just the amazing technology today is unbelievable. What do you wish if you had a, a magic wand, if you could invent anything today, what would you invent out of Silicon Valley? Why don't y'all find, figure out why air travel is exactly what it is in 1950, that we're, we're not going any faster in an airplane. And I think in Silicon Valley, y'all can figure out that technology. That <laughs> <laughs> it takes can. the same. No, seriously. I mean, think about it. You know, air travel is no faster today than it was 70 years ago. That is very true. I hope that changes soon. But on the restaurant side, you employ how many people? 50,000 plus people? Yes. With that's the restaurants, casinos, the amusement for everything.
And, and with automation spoken about here in, in San Francisco a bunch, how do you think about that internally? No, 100%. I mean, because of the cost of labor today and, you know, being able to start using automation to do anything in your kitchens or your front of the house or your reservations, which is there today, that's something that we would love to see Silicon Valley, you know, improve even at a faster pace than they even are today. Yeah. And you have four kids, is that right? Yes. What have you learned from your kids? They live in a different world and that's the world of tomorrow. And so you need to think more like them or you're going to lose your customers. And so that gets back to the change, change, change. What have they told you to change that you were like, no, that's wrong. And then you were... You were proven. <laughs> no, b believe it or not, nothing. Because one of the reasons I've been successful is that I do listen and I do try to stay ahead of what's going on. And so I don't fight it at all. Yeah. What were some of their ideas that you didn't fight? You know, everything from analysis to the doing podcast are more important than doing TV today and different things like that. Got it. And, and I have a question about hard decisions. I imagine running billion dollar businesses, you have to make some pretty critical and hard decisions. Do you have any tactics around making challenging decisions? You know, I negotiate hard, but even when I negotiate hard at the end, if you say to somebody, if you don't feel good about this, you need to feel good about it. You, you've got to negotiate hard, but you, everybody's got to be feel good about the deal. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about mentors. Who has mentored or impacted you most in your business career, in your personal life, et cetera? Who, who would you want to thank? You know, I, I, I get asked this all the time. And even my kids, and they realize because they've been with me that I never had that one mentor. I just kind of always watch successful people at everything and tried to pay attention to certain things they did and how they lived. And that was my mentors. But I just truly never had that one mentor. Got it. Today, you are incredibly successful. I've read that you've pretty much done everything you've wanted to do in your business life, but you're still playing the game. You're still out there. What's keeping you up at night? What's worrying you? You know, I worry about everything all the time, but nothing keeps me up at night. I feel good about everything, but I always worry about everything. And the day you stop worrying about everything, that is when there's a paddle for everybody's ass. <laughs> and That's another one of my Tillmanisms. There's a paddle for everybody's ass. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious from a management perspective or from an entrepreneurial perspective, other CEOs, what are some of the ineffective things you see young people do that you wish you could change? Young people today are too impatient, and I think they're trying to to gain too much knowledge too quick and trying to move up the ladder too quick instead of making sure that you understand the business and what you're doing. And I can tell you, I mean, you can be the smartest person in the room, but I'm going to outdo you because I have history and there's nothing like experience. I don't care how smart you are. You better have some experience. What would you recommend being that first experience to take, you know, right out of school? If you are someone young and you don't really know what you want to be doing yet. Well, you got to decide if you have a business mind, you want to be an entrepreneur, go get your MBA. But you know that it comes natural or it doesn't come natural. The biggest thing you've got to do is God gave us all a gift and you know what that gift is. And that's what you need to go toward. You've got to take the gifts God gave you because he made us all different and gave us all different talents. Got it. And and then that gift, I guess, if you're like, I don't have a gift. One of the listeners that, what questions would you ask yourself if you were that person? Is it, you know, what were you doing as a kid naturally? Absolutely. That's exactly what I would say. You were doing something as a kid that you liked doing, that you realized you were a little better than the majority of the people you were doing it with. I don't care if it's playing games or, or whatever. Okay, then go find a way to get on game shows then. <laughs>
All right. And could you have ever expected the amount of success that you had when you were in your 20s? Did you... I always thought that I would be successful, okay? And, you know, I can remember seeing the first Forbes 400, and I think you had to, the last people on it were at 200 million. Well, now today, I think the last people on it are close to 2 billion. So you just never think that way. I knew I would be successful. Did I always dream about being on the Forbes 400? Absolutely. Did I ever think that I think it comes out next week and I think I'm like 130-something that I would be that high, you know, or like the 420th richest person in the world? Absolutely not. I mean, and that's why when people come to me and say, I want to do what you did, I say, why don't you lower your expectations a little bit? <laughs> you know, let's try to earn that first $100 million. Let's not worry about trying to get the $5 billion yet. <laughs> right. Because I can tell you, everybody, this, the first 10 million and the first 100 million is the hardest, okay? And once you can get there, that's when you're able to even move up quicker. But you got to find a way to make that first 10. <laughs> Are you aiming for number one on the Forbes list? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. There's always somebody with a bigger plane, a bigger house, and a bigger boat, and somebody bigger on the Ford's 400. So yeah. now I, if I can just always stay in that top 200, I'll be pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what's something that you know you should be doing right now, but you haven't done yet? That could be personally, professionally. Be to do more cardio. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's, it's hard in the Houston summer. It is. Cool. Thank you so much, Tillman. Good luck uh, to you. If you're in Houston, stop by and see me sometime. All right. Will do. Thank you.